Mike, get this reseller to sign up. They will resell our product. It never worked. And then you would right. blame the reseller where we didn't enable them. And then it's not about enabling them to sell the product. It's enabling them to, you know, what is the outcome that we're looking for with this product? Hello, everyone. This is Ellen, the producer of The Black Line Between Sales and Marketing with Doug Davidoff, CEO of Imagine Business Development and Mike Donnelly, CEO of Seven Cents. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this edition of The Black Line Podcast. Very excited today because we have had a lot of guests recently and I finally get to spend some time with my best buddy, Mike. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Doug. How are you, my man? nothing you have been traveling you have yeah. been traveling the world of martech so you have got the last two weeks you were at marketo's um user conference right yeah, what they call that the not inbound yeah <laughs> outbound no they don't call it outbound it's marketo's so no, they know yeah the uh the difficult to use oh wait i gotta be careful i can't get myself in trouble I can't yeah. get you in trouble yeah. Um, so you had Marketo user um, meetup, which I guess is growing in size out in, in beautiful San Fran. And then you uh, went cross country and uh, visited Beantown. And you and yep. I are just back from uh, HubSpot uh, inbound eight, or I guess uh, 2018 partner day. Getting ahead of myself. So yeah, and even before that, I was up in uh, Beantown before that, meeting with some folks at, Boston, uh, at HubSpot. So it's been like, one coast to the other, back to the other, and then finally right. home. You were Academy Mike, weren't you? Yeah, I was. So what do you want to talk about today, Doug? I got a couple ideas. Why don't we talk about MarTech? I, that, that, that sounds good to me. So like, what are you uh, seeing? You following up from, uh, from Connect Day, Partner Day, uh, Marketo. Oh, that's right. That's right. You had a, you had a double at, in Boston. You had Connect Day and Partner Day. Yep. So it's interesting. I mean, obviously the, the landscape and the number of technologies that are out there is certainly not slowing down. Uh, Chief Martech, Scott Brinker, who we've obviously had on, on the podcast before, he just released his new uh, super graphic. And of course, it just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and it just seems to be growing exponentially. What's that? 7,000 or 8,000? Yeah, it's above. It's definitely above 7,000. What's the point of even putting logos on that thing anymore? <laughs> well, I think he's run out of, I think he's run out of space. I think he just puts different colored dots on there now. And tells you that. <laughs> we should actually put it under a super powered micros microscope. Alan, make sure you put the, uh, the MarTech 5000 and he's got the, the, the 2018 one. Let's put it in the show notes so people can see what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, I think he, um, I think he just puts different dots in. So did you hear what uh, Drift announced today? How about this? We're going to time the uh, day of this report. I did not. So Drift just announced an integration with Vidyard. Hmm. So I kid you not, I kid you not that, um, <laughs> I had something about a tweet yesterday about um, all this gratuitous video and emails where basically people just say the same boring stuff that they, um, and, and um, uh, Tyler, our friend Tyler from Seattle 
comment on that and give actually the, you know, the, the appropriate answer about video. I, I joked around that, um, you know, when, when the person, when the person tweeted that he was sick and tired of video, he preferred text. I told him it was blasphemy. Doesn't he know it's, you know, we're all going to video. Analysts say that the average person spends 28.35 hours per day watching video. Because that's kind of what How is that even possible? I don't know, but you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, like legitimate research says 80% of all website traffic is going to be video. That's, that's just not possible. It, it can't be 80%. There's too many. Um, anyways, it's like 80% of video traffic is going to be video, I think is what that research said. But anyway, so we were... <laughs> We were um, going back and forth and I said, you know, now the only thing we have to look forward to is hashtag chat video. I literally wrote that as a joke yesterday. And today Drift announced um, integration with Vidyard, obviously in their email tool, but yes, you can be chatting with somebody, access your, um, your Vidyard video players and click and send the video to the person in the chat window while you're chatting. Interesting. How about that? How about that? Now we, just need some, now we just need some middle out compression to, yeah. to bring the Weissman scores up and, <laughs> and bring it all together. So, so, so in all seriousness, have, you know, you and I both live in, in that, in that place. What are you seeing that's got you interested? Um, what's your takeaway from, from all this time that you've spent um, deep in the realm of, of the tech space? So, again, there's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of vendors that are out there. Um, you've got all this VC money just getting poured into it, which is just crazy. So you've, got a, you've just got all of these companies that have, have received so much money that have a very short time frame to expand their you know, expand their audience, their customer base. So they're doing a lot of unnatural things uh, to, to, to capture market share. Um, and it's, we talk about it all the time. I don't think what, a lot of what they're doing is sustainable. But the, the challenge that I think a lot of end users are going to see is that a lot of this tech is, is, is straight just snake oil. It's, you know, put, put lipstick on a pig and call it something new. Mike, Mike, I promised that, that, that I was going to be all nice and positive today, and here you are um, instigating me to drop bombs right off the bat. Um, That's what I, we do, I, man. I, I actually have a question for you, because you've been through this. What, what happens when, you're, when a core part of your tech stack goes out of business? When a core part of your tech stack goes out of business. Because, you know, everyone's well, making these world, promises. Yep. It, I mean, well, in today's world, there, there usually are big part like, there's alternatives in a lot of instances. Right. But, but that's, is that not partially driven by the fact that you've got a lot of artificial money? So. Without a doubt. 100%. So, so when, 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 when the economic cycle turns, which it'll turn, yep. and, and budgets become something again, and companies run out of money, and VCs aren't there to just throw more and more money at it, as it's happened every time in history, yep. 
you know, at that point, companies are going to go out of business. They're not just going to get sucked up by somebody else. You know, what is it? Tout apps not going to become Marketo. Or it'll be a complete fire sale and the VC might get their money back, but every single shareholder from CEO down will get completely washed out. Right. But I'm talking about the user now. I'm talking but about the user. I yep. built on this. You, what, what happens when my, when, when 20% of my tech stack goes out of business? Yeah. And it's frankly, I think we're going to start seeing not, not to, you're, now you're bringing out the negativity of me today, Doug. I think we're really going to start seeing. I'm all positive. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I think we're going to start seeing more and more of it because one, there's been so much money poured into it. Two, we're starting to see regulations come in that have never existed. So a lot of the social networks, things like that, are starting to batch it down. You know ratchet down the hatches on their APIs, what data you can access, et cetera. Just yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, one of the darlings of Baltimore, Baltimore's tech community, Videology, bankrupt. They raised over $130 million from VCs. Straight up bankrupt yesterday. Wow. Sad. Wow. Because yeah. you know the VCs probably got their money back because they did sell the company, or at least they got terms to sell the company. But everybody that worked for years and years and years to build that company, and they probably were underpaid, but they kept being told, hey, here's your stock options. Now, we all take those risks. We, we all take risks in a startup environment, but now they're all mm -hmm. washed out. And with well, all, I believe ad tech, Ad tech is just now starting to get pummeled and it's going to get really, really, really nasty because of Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn sure. again, starting to say, Hey, you can no longer access these APIs. So I'll give you a, for instance, I'm not going to name names and I couldn't believe it actually happened to me while I was sitting at a couch at Marketo summit and on the, on the trade show floor. Because they had couches set up. It was a bit of a quiet time. I was sitting there doing some work, catching up. And the CEO of a pretty well-funded uh, social analytics company sat down on the couch across from me. He starts talking to the CEO of another social analytics company who's also well-funded or was well-funded. And he's pitching him to buy his company because he lost access to a number of the APIs that he needed to continue to run a successful business. So what you're saying, APIs Scary. that are given can be taken away. Well, obviously. By the way, I just, I just looked this up. Um, videology according to data and I's raised $214 million. Yeah. So they, I, I, 130 million, I think raised and they did loans, yeah. et cetera. So I, I don't, I'm just, I, I'm my, my, my point is um, I, I think, I think there's this myth that when you get to a hundred million, you're safe, right? You never go out at, you know, above a hundred million. And I, and again, I'm talking about this, even we, we, we talked about it from the sales side and, 
and all the promises and everything. But one of the things that I, I think is going to be a big issue and, and a missing piece in how companies are building their tech stack is, you know, we're, we're, we're getting so sucked up in the, in the lather of, of excitement um, that we forget that, you know, not all these companies are going to make it. And, and, and if you do your due diligence, you look, Oh, these got this company's raised $214 million. Yeah. They, they've got to be, they've got to be safe. Um, and again, that's not to say anything about videology. I don't know. I don't know much about them, even though they're no involved. super like ultra smart guys running the company. Yeah. Um, it was the guys that sold the business. Uh, Scott Ferber, who sold yeah. advertising.com to AOL. You've got Mike Bantam over there who ran all of engineering. Super, super smart guy. Um, so great. They've got a They've got a smart team. They probably what just, you know, had execution challenges. What is it that Stephen Pierce said, right? A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, what's the difference between hitting the home run at Barracuda luck. and giving the money back to the VCs? Luck, right? Luck. It's not about intelligence. It's not even about execution, right? It's, you know, if the this to the that to well, the that. It's not, again, it's, he, he, his point wasn't that it's all luck. There is, no? that's, a, that, that's a piece of the formula. People have to go back and listen to the podcast, Mike. Yeah. We can't. Come on, we need ratings. We need ratings. <laughs> My mom's already listened so to it a said, bunch of times. So she's... I know. I keep, you know, I've got, I've got the click farm in Vietnam pushing up our daily, daily average uh, listener score. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing what we can. You, you said something to me yesterday, and I started to go off on uh, a rant. And you said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, 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 let's save that for today. You, you were excited coming back from HubSpot because um, you said to me yesterday, that you really feel like agencies are stepping up and really embracing a tech stack um, and really understanding that and, um, and stepping into that. So, so tell me what you were, um, tell me what has you excited about that. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, I still am excited about it. Um, we may agree to disagree on some points here, which would, so you may agree to agree. Fun. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, what gets me excited is if you look at even what HubSpot's doing from a platform ecosystem, and again, they're, they're still very early stage. Marketo is doing very much the same thing where they're trying to build out this platform ecosystem. And what they're, in essence, telling the market is, hey, we will do these things, and some of them we will do really well. But then there's other providers that can, you know, just go, you know, much deeper into a specific use case or solve a specific problem. They have expertise around it, et cetera. I think where in the past, it's more specifically around HubSpot agencies, what I had seen in the past was most agencies were not adopting other technologies. They just, they throw up their hands and say, well, HubSpot can do everything for me. I'd well, why would I need to get other tools? And I can do my email, CRM, you know, social posting, all of that inside of HubSpot, one tool, because that's what HubSpot, that was the, the dream that they, that they sold. Now HubSpot's going off and educating the market that, hey, well, while that used to work, it's such a competitive environment, then maybe you should start looking at, you know, pieces of tech to sit on top of the platform. And so this was the first year that I really saw 
so many agencies say, hey, I've got to, I, I want to build out a tech stack. And some of them have started to build out a tech stack. And that's where you and I started to talk about it last night. And I said, okay, well, let's just stop and hold it for today. What, in your opinion, is a tech stack? Well, my, my opinion is going to be different than yours because we obviously as companies... Your definition of a tech stack is something with seven cents in it. Exactly. Right. Or with pieces of technology in it. So multiple pieces of technology is a tech stack. China, well, so, hey, we have multiple problems that we're trying to solve for a client. How do we solve them? What tools are available to me to solve this? Oh, I need video. Wistia, Vidyard. I need chat. Is it going to be HubSpot? Is it going to be Drift? Is it going to be Intercom? Um, that's, I believe, the, the foundation to, I shouldn't even say the foundation. That's more of the answer to the tech stack. Whereas the foundation, which I think is where you're going to go with this, is, what problem are we trying to solve? Maybe, maybe not. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so you look you look a little dumbfounded, but Well you 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 <laughs> said you you said um I mean I guess you have to be careful because we use problem in a lot of in a lot of different variations. Yes. Um because I think that I think any team can only solve one problem. Now that one problem has many manifestations. There's, there's lots of things that you have to do to address it. But I think that like, I don't think anybody has a chat problem. I don't think anyone has an email problem. I don't think anyone has a video problem. And, and I think that that's how people look at, at sales and MarTech. And I think that's how they build their tech stack. I would 100% agree with you. And so I think you got an interesting, Yeah, that's a very interesting way of putting it. Um, yeah, keep, keep going. Because this isn't new, right? I mean, if we take a look no, at, right. at, 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 at larger mid-market enterprise companies, they have been buying technology at, at um, exponentially higher rates. Um, I think this was the year that Gartner predicted that marketing was going to be responsible for buying more technology than IT was responsible for. Now, part of that is because IT tends to buy a lot of the technology they buy. They buy it up front and deploy it, and marketing likes to pay annuities uh, <laughs> with, with the whole SaaS model. So um, why pay once when you can pay forever? Um, and and, and, and that, that Gartner stat is – five or six years old. So for at least six years, marketing has been buying more and more technology. And the promise of all the technology from the day it started was add this technology, increase velocity, increase efficiencies, increase scale. And while your line item will go up, your cost per will go down. Cost of customer acquisition will go down. And that's not happening. No. Not at all. And, 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 and I know from, from some of the mid-market and enterprise CMOs that I've talked to and that I've worked with, there is tremendous tech fatigue 
where they're saying, I keep adding to my stack. I keep adding the next must have. And the promise is that, that my curve's gonna tilt. But the curve isn't tilting. And if anything, it's actually getting steeper in terms of the growth of, of, of true cost per. And I think that's- Well, you gotta, I mean, the challenge there is the dynamic of the way, you know, people buy today is changing, you know, it's changing to a certain degree. The number of solutions that are out there for, or, you know, hey, if I want to buy a shirt, I got 3,000 vendors that I can go to online. So there's so much more vying for attention. So I don't think it's the shirt seller that's responsible for the uptick in technology. I don't, I don't think that, you know, the billions of dollars spent on MarTech were, were hey, we're going to disrupt the shirt industry. Well, no, 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 that's not what, but I'm saying the people, the actual people buying the shirts have so many different options. So therefore the people selling the shirts have to figure out how can I get more attention from this individual? Again, you look dumbfounded. So do you think technology has made companies stronger? Uh, if when done right, didn't ask that. Well, it's an unfair question. And if I can't answer that, if I can't answer it that way, do I think technology Technology yeah. has been being technology, consumed yeah. for it's, six it's, years? I, Are companies stronger? Now I'll admit the technology. No, you're asking over the past six years. You're asking over the past six years. No, I think technology, I think technology has, has had a really uh, a massive negative impact on companies' ability to grow. Most companies. I, and the reason I think technology enables companies to do things that they could never have done before. So on that basis, they are stronger. They can do things that they could never have thought about doing. Yeah, but now you can also blast but out the email to a sales rep can sit down and blast out 500 really bad emails to somebody before anybody notices in one day. So technology has enabled, it, it is an enabler, but at the same time, I think it has had lots of negative impacts. So that, that's my whole point about, I, I, think, that, I think that agencies by and large are embracing technology um, sorry I'm walking into a mental cold de sec there I, I, I think that I, I think that we're I think there's a lot of jumping I mean I want to be careful what I refer to as the agency environment because because the agency environment is more than just more than just partners of partner day um, but I think to a large degree I, I think the agency environment, I think agencies have gotten commoditized over the last three years. Yes. And, and so, you know, the, the, the tailwind of buy content from me, buy my package from me, um, that that's not working anymore. So right. who's responsible for that commoditization? Who's responsible for the commoditization? Well, which aspect of it? Of the, those things don't work anymore. 
I don't know. Maybe that's a, that's a podcast for another day, probably. Yeah, no, but so 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 my my point is, I think that I think that tech, I, I think that there are a lot of companies that are jumping on the technology bandwagon, and that's being mistaken for embracing the tech stack. I I would I would wholeheartedly agree. And so we have a lot of. I mean, I hate the word, and people are talking about it, reseller. How many tech companies, how many SaaS companies are building partner channels? Everybody. Right. And I learned years ago, or not years ago, but, and, and frankly, Doug, you were one of the ones that helped me see the light. You don't want to be a reseller of seven cents. No agency should want to be a reseller of seven cents. Five years ago, how many SaaS companies, how many BDB SaaS companies had partner channels? Two, yeah. Two, three. Two. HubSpot? HubSpot. And I mean partner channels. I'm not talking about a Google partner program, which is truly a certain, I mean, you're not, you're not a Google part. You, you don't get a Google certification. You don't become a Google partner because you're selling Google. You're, you're implementing, you know, you're demonstrating a proficiency to implement Google analytics, AdWords, pay-per-click, things like that. Salesforce yep. had a partner program, but that was really an integrator program. That was again, a certified program of, of people that had demonstrated the, yeah, um, they were they were building out services services behind it. I mean, we saw right. the same thing in the emerging tech industry. Is we Correct. were seeing so much. Mike, get this reseller to sign up. They will resell our product. It never worked. And then you would right. blame the reseller where we didn't enable them. And it's not about enabling them to sell the product. It's enabling them to you know, what is the outcome that we're looking for with this product? So, so, so the, the, um, technology comes out, right? To be adopted, it has to be translated Mm -hmm. because companies buy the product. I I used to tell the joke. I may have told it on an earlier, it's not a joke. It's a true story, but it's funny. I may have even said it on an earlier podcast when HubSpot first launched, do you know what the number one complaint was after companies bought the product? Yes. Where's the content? They called up and said, where's the content, right? I, I'm, I, this is supposed to be about marketing. You need got, where's the content for this? Right. Um, right. And, and so the, you know, the, the challenge, if you take a look, and by the way, if you take a look at most tech companies, most tech companies started off as a services company. They developed the technology they became a product company and they got out of services as fast as they could. And the only reason that they did services was to be able to implement the technology. And when they did services, it, it, it brought down, you know, killed their bottom line because of, of the, uh, because the gross profit was so much lower. Um, it killed their valuation. And so they built partner channels. They went out and they found service, you know, services organizations to take over for the services to implement the product, not to sell the product. Right. HubSpot, lo and behold, right place, right time, right area. All of a sudden, people were already selling web services. This was a way to implement a part of what was going on, started to sell it, 
and I still say that the biggest benefit of, of the HubSpot channel partner program is, is the services impact, not, not the sales impact. Right. Now, now, why is every SaaS company creating a partner channel today? And I'll tell you, it's not to service their product. No, it's not. It's, they're, they're trying to expand, expand their reach. It's not to service their product. No, not trying to expand their reach. So you're, you're, I think you're giving them too much credit. Right? Flat out, a large company that everybody heard talked to us about why they delayed their partner program, why they didn't do certain things, and what they said was, first, you prove you can sell our product, then we'll build a program for you. Right? And so, and so what's happening is you have a bunch of companies that are selling product. And by the way, they're selling product they don't even use. And, and when they use it, half of them aren't even paying for it. Right? That's, that's the untold secret that people aren't talking about. Right? Yeah. And, and, so, and so when I talk about the fact that I don't believe they're embracing tech stacks, like the whole idea of the tech stack comes, it's a hardware term. Right? It's the stack of technology yeah, sure. of, of what's happening, causing multiple systems to work together as one. And, and what I'm seeing is, is tech anarchy. Bingo, right there. Rock this on. This is the tech stack that we used to go and talk to customers about years and years and years ago. Look at all those different applications, Oracle, Microsoft, Citrix. You, know, you got your NetApp, you got your Hitachi storage down here, all that good stuff. Tech stack. Right. To get it to work is one. And what we're doing yep. is we're throwing a whole bunch of technology at the situation. We don't even have a process. We don't even have a demand generation process. I see companies that are selling technology talking about, you know, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think they know what they're talking about. And, and so we're, we're getting this ampli amplification effect. And what happened was, and what scares me, and I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer here, but We used to go out and say, we, agencies, used to go out and say, buy my package. Here, we'll redesign your website and we'll do, um, we'll redesign your website and you'll grow. Okay, that began to trail off. We'll SEO and drive traffic to you. And then people realized, oh wait, driving traffic and making money, two different things. We'll create content to generate leads, right? And, and, and you can see it kind of going all the way down. And, and, and this is the thing that scares me. What, what we're seeing is we've cleared out all of the market customer facing stuff. We're now going to the back end, right? We're, 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 we're now talking about your, your internal tech stack. Um, you know, where do we go next? Right. And, and so we keep selling technology as the solution, as the thing that you have to do. It's no different than when I say, Hey, we're, um, I'm firing my sales team and bringing in a new one. Cause that buys me 12 more months. Yeah. Right. And, and so, and look, I've just, you know, in the last week we've analyzed four companies um, and I will tell you blown away, absolutely blown away by their tech stacks. I mean, I, I like drool going, Oh my God, Holy cow. I, I can only get the clients. Most of the clients I work with to, to use half of this type of tech stack. I remember but one of them. Actually, are, but are they actually using it? No. Or no. no. 
So they, they this for that. This, for, this, not hey, we need this problem. Hey, let's do that. Hey, we need yep. this problem. Let's do that. Yep. Hey, we got, we got, you know, and, and, and you have all these pieces and, and, and what they have is lots of crap at the top of the funnel, some crap at the bottom of the funnel, nothing in between, no predictability, no machine, much more complex operation. You know, we, we, we joke around with about salespeople. You, you see the amount of time that salespeople spend selling because less and less and less of their time is on, um, you know, they're you know, dealing with admin stuff. Um, look at how much time companies are spending managing technology today. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so the, the caution that I have, and again, I'm focused on the user today. Today's, today's program is all about the user. And, and I would say, you know, if, if you are an agency and you're listening to this, um, you know, going out and jumping on the hot thing, it, it, it'll get you a little bit because, oh, did I tell you the new, um, I, I, did, I, I articulated the new MarTech Marketers Playbook. So th this is how if you've got a new piece of MarTech that you want to sell, this is your marketing playbook. You ready for this? Yeah. Step one, find something that the best of the best companies are doing, right? So content was something. Um, Data-driven, like that's a cool thing now. Everybody's data, have you noticed that everybody's data-driven today? Every, everybody is data-driven. People don't even know what data-driven is. And everybody, everybody's, everybody's systems are using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, Artificial That's intelligence, right? okay. yep. So step one, find something that legit is contributing to the best of the best. Step two, redefine that thing to be less than what that thing really is. Step three, claim that your product does that. And if you buy the product, you'll be doing it too. Step four, continue to redefine that thing to lower and lower standards. Step five, continue to reinforce the claim that your product does that. And if you buy the product, you'll do it. You'll be doing it too. Right. And that's the playbook. Am I wrong? No, it's right. It's, it's scarily true. And, and so people say inbound marketing doesn't work anymore. Well, inbound marketing, the way most companies do it, never worked to begin with. Never and worked. You know what? Yeah, never worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? For all the noise about inbound marketing, inbound marketing, the way it was worked by the people who it worked for, it still works today. Right? And, and so, you know, technology is now this next great thing. And look, I'm, I am unabashedly now, and I've got content that, that, shows the track record that I was by no means, I, I did not jump on the, cha the chat bandwagon. By the way, it's funny. And I think this is, um, this is a healthy thing for anybody to have. I love technology. I mean, you know that. But you, got, you, got, but you, you have absolutely got to have some skepticism. I had, I had that the watch came out, what was it, two days before, like the day before inbound, and I showed up at inbound and I had the watch, right? Yep. When, I had the phone the day the phone, the X, the day the X came out, the earbud. I mean, I got, I am, I am Doug early adopter. If we've got a cool piece of gadget wear, get it in front of Doug. Cause, um, 
you know, hey, he you had heard of, you had heard about us a year before you actually agreed to a conversation. Oh, I heard about you a couple years before. So, so what's interesting is, well, on one hand, I am an early adopter and I love tech. I'm also extraordinarily cynical about it because I had somebody, I was lucky. I had some people early in my life uh, when I was getting in business. And one person told me this, they said, you know what, Doug, for all of the noise about how this is a game changer and that's a game changer. What he said was, he said, business has never changed from the beginning of time to today. Business has always been matching content with distribution. Mm -hmm. And while it used to be physical things, content on trucks and roads distribution, now it's bits and bytes content on screens distribution. It's always what's the content people want, what's the best way to distribute it. Humans are humans. We go through that process and, and it's like my golf clubs. I was actually, I saw David cancel last week and we were, we were talking about, um, I forget what it was. I think it was, um, we were talking about podcasts and someone had, you know, like they started podcasting and it wasn't very good. So they bought a new microphone and, and this and that. I said, yeah, it's just like my golf game, man. Right. I mean, my golf game sucked. So I went out and I bought a new pair of golf clubs, right? It is never the tool, right? The tool only amplifies what you have, right? Yeah. And so technology drives velocity and efficiency. And if you've got bad process or bad strategy, and you add good tech to it, either you don't use it and it just goes nowhere, it just adds to the chaos, or you'll, you'll drive commoditization far more efficiently at a much higher velocity, right? And so before someone, before you buy the tech, before you jump on, on that next piece of tech bandwagon, ask yourself this question what is the problem that I have that I'm unable to solve with what I have in place right now? Right. And, and, and the level with which you can, um, you can adopt it is, you know, how much change is actually involved in it. Right. And so I shouldn't say this cause I've got members of my team are listening in. Right. I love my team. Right. So for the record, that's a good way to, that's a good way to start the comment. I love my team. Um, I hate hiring people. I hate it. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's awful. It's awful. I firmly believe, and I think one of the great things about the, the modern economy that we live in today, I firmly believe that, um, that you should only hire a person when that's the last choice. And so very awesome, awesome comment. So Eric, Seven co-founder and I were talking last night uh, during that huge uh, hailstorm. It sounded like he was in a, uh, he, it sounded like he was in a tank and just getting pelted with, uh, with BB guns driving, driving down the street. Um, and it, and that's exactly what we were talking about. Like if it's not 100% core to the business, and even if it is core to the business, hiring should be the absolute last measure. For example, we want to build out more integrations, but now we have a documented API, you know, external API. We've got all these other integration partners that we're talking to. Like 
why do we want to go hire a bunch of engineers to do this when we could probably, because it's so well documented, if we tell some team in Costa Rica to build this to connect to this, and even if you get a crappy product, well, the cost of building that crappy product, we could build the product four times over what it's going to cost to hire an employee. Same thing with sales and marketing. Sales and marketing is not core to what we do. As we want to scale the business, we need to look outside and say, okay, well, what options are there that can handle our sales and marketing process? Because we don't even have the process done ourselves. Like a lot of it's in Mike's head, it's in Ivan's head, it's in Eric's head. How are we going to support these, you know, support the sales process? So we haven't even defined that yet. So why would we go hire that today if somebody handed me a pot of gold, whereas I should just be looking to somebody that says, okay, you figured out the process, you know this, you know that. And again, focusing on, or uh, I'm sorry, not, um, hiring is a last resort. So, so circling that back, technology needs to be viewed through the same prism. Adding to your tech stack should not be the first thing that you do. Yeah, but 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 it it it's counterintuitive to the way most business people think, which is you know what else hey, is counterintuitive? I'm build, I'm gonna build my my kingdom with all like I used to laugh at managers that were like that, like oh I want to have 50 employees. I'm like yeah, your life's gonna suck, and I'm gonna go hire three really good guys, and we're gonna run circles around you. You know what else is counterintuitive? Hmm. Growing a business. Yeah. Because you know what? Man, I see so many people trying to do it. I see lots and lots of really smart people trying to do it. And I see only a small percentage of them actually do it at a level that, that sustains beyond just natural growth. Yeah. Right. And so here's what I know. If it was obvious, it's like, you know, if it was simple, everyone would be doing it. If it was obvious. It'd already be done right now. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, the problem is, we technology not managed properly creates tremendous complexity and technology forces change on you and, and change is tremendously complicated. And I always say complexity is the toxin of growth. Complexity kills growth. And so when you've got the system designed and you see it working, like people say conversational marketing, right? And I'm a huge fan of it, but well, you're a I don't fan need of, chat. You're a fan of chat or uh, the conversational marketing. Both. Coin. It was Both. like term. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with the underlying premise that, that, that people don't necessarily want to be rooted to forms. Now, sometimes they do, by the way, but that's another story. But my, my, my point is I don't need chat to be conversational. Right. I can do conversational marketing um, without chat. I'm going to do it badly, but I'm going to be able to eke it out and I'm going to be able to, you know, to carry the load. And I, and I know how to map out a conversation or I know how to build the predictability of, of a conversation. Right. And so now because it's really heavy and really slow, now when I bring on technology, it lightens the load. Right. Which is why, you come to our site and the first thing that you see on chat isn't, would you like to see a demo? Are you just curious or you want to be left alone? 
I think that was the three choices I saw in somebody's chat bot. Wow. And then I, so I did just curious and it was like, okay, cool. Well, we're here if you ever need us. Want to, want to see a demo? <laughs> it's like, that was the old commercial. I bring it up all the time. The old salesman commercial during the Super Bowl. Great. 500. Great. 500. Where the right. salesman sliding under the door. And, and, and the sad thing though is that, you know, it's easy for you not to laugh at it. The sad thing is people are spending a lot of money on this stuff and people are betting yeah, a lot of a yep. lot on this stuff and, and, and it's there. I mean, it, it's not that the stuff doesn't work. Well, it's that you need the process to make it. There, there are, there is a lot of snake oil technology out there, but you've also got 8,000 plus vendors that are calling you day in and day out, trying to buy for your time. Is the technology snake oil or is the salesperson snake oil? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. Sales and marketing is a little bit of the snake oil where marketing pushes the, the limits of what the product can do. And then the product, you know, doesn't what live up to the snake expectations. Oil? What, what's the biggest product snake oil you can think of? I'm not going to name names on that. I just meant the category. Well, there's a lot. I think a, a See, lot of this talk around AI, ML, NLP is snake oil. Um, you know, you, you okay. talk to somebody like Rotzer who's in our, in the, in the HubSpot community, and he'll tell you the same thing. Most of these AI platforms are not truly artificial intelligence. They're just, they, their, their marketing does a really good job. I'm not going to name, I, I won't name names on this one either. Somebody very high up from Salesforce told me that Einstein is not really a thing. Like it's, it's consulting on the back end of it. And what they do is they announce products at least two years before they're actually a real thing. But so that they can take two years to validate, should we even build this product? Sure. Sure. That's, you know, sell the tickets, then build the ride. Right. Right. But they're, but they're putting Splenda in their coffee, so they're artificially – the consultants are putting Splenda in their coffee, so they're artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, I mean, because, like, I think of predictive lead scoring as the biggest piece of snake oil out there. But, but in reality, predictive lead scoring for the right company is a great solution. It's just the way it gets yeah. sold is, yeah. is snake oil. I don't have, I don't have a problem yeah. with the tech. I have a problem with, with how people try to say you should apply. Yeah. All right. So no, that, what, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. Let, let, so let's talk about good tech. What, what, from all the stuff that you've seen, what's got you the most excited? Well, obviously, seven cents. I mean, send time optimization. It's not just send time optimization. So as a business right. owner, as a business right. owner, what, what did you see? What have you seen in the last three weeks that as a business owner, you're like, shit, man, that is going to make, my life of growing this business a lot easier. I think, by the way, while you're thinking of that, think, think about that for a second. I think chat when done right. And again, that's why I haven't implemented any type of bots on, on our site yet, because I don't want to just put out crap. I don't want to, I don't want to just put something out there and, I'd rather have nothing. This goes back to your point. I'd rather have nothing than something that is not really driving anything forward because 
it's going to leave a bad impression with somebody that actually may come back to our site or may actually fill out a form or, or something along those lines. Um, I just came, I, I'm, I'm a genius, Mike. I'm telling you, I'm a genius. If you well, don't know it. No, self, I'm self-proclaimed genius. I'm, I'm the world's best kept secret of genius. Like nobody knows that I'm a genius. Even the people who know me don't know that I'm a genius. Um, I still remember. So, so when I said to you, what's the technology that's going to make your life easier and, and something connected, the, 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 the switch flip technology makes your life easier. Technology doesn't enable you to do something that you couldn't do before. That's where everyone gets sure. themselves in trouble, is they buy the technology because I'm going to be able to do something that I couldn't do. And, and whenever you buy technology on that principle, every time you buy technology on that principle, 95% of the time it fails. Mm-hmm. How's that for a Yogi Berra? Every time, 95% of the time it fails. So what I realized was the single best piece of advice I've ever heard on hiring. And it's no surprise that we're talking about hiring and technology because you know my philosophy on technology. We don't buy technology, we hire it. Jobs to be done. But the single best um, piece of advice I ever got was don't hire somebody that is new to you to do something that is new to them. So an employee that's worked with you, that's done great work, and now you want to promote them or move them to something that maybe they've never done before, Hey, that's fine, right? There's risk involved there, but you know them. The unknown is, can they do the new thing? Someone yeah. you don't know coming in to do something that they've basically done before. Okay, that's good. But we always get ourselves into trouble when we hire somebody who tells us what a great job they did doing this. And we really like them and we hire them to do something else. And they're new to us doing something that, that's new to them. And it almost never works. And so I think the same thing is true in tech when we're buying, I mean, I wanted to make sure we leave with some advice. What should you be thinking about when it comes to building your tech stack? And what I would say is never buy a piece of technology that is new to you to do something that you haven't done before. Right? Figure out how to do it. I don't know about you. You know what my first CRM was? You're going to love my first CRM. Go ahead. And, oh, do you, are you asking me? So you know Ooh, what my first CRM, CRM was? It, 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 in a, it was a custom-built access database. Mine was a custom-built CRM, too. It was a box about yay wide and about yay tall, and it held three-by-five index cards, and it had an alphabetical set of cards, and I had my cards in there. And I will tell you, in some ways, Mike, to this day, it is still the single best CRM I've ever used. Yeah. It was easy. It was intuitive. Um, it had zero downtime. <laughs> um, uh, it was free. Know, it was free. I, I was on the freemium model, right? But it was a fully functional freemium model. <laughs> right. um, Every once in a while you have to buy a new pen or something like that. You know, pe- most people listening are probably too young to, 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 to remember this, but the way when you'd get your territory, you'd get this envelope from your company and it was a, you know, it was, you'd have 600, um, you'd have 600 accounts in your territory, let's say. And it was a hundred, eight and a half by 11 inch kind of size um, sheets of paper that were perforated 
you know, that had six index cards on them and the way, you know, they would have, you know, the name of the company and key contact information typed out. And I still remember my first day at Alibo Rent-A-Car, I got that shipped to me to my house and, you know, ripped them apart, put them into my index box, um, figured out how I wanted to organize them, would, would take them out, would plan my route for the next day. Here's my cards, go through, hey, let's take a look at this. And that was my CRM. Um, and, and I think one of the reasons why we do CRM really well is because all we're doing is recreating that at a much higher velocity with, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, we can do a lot more, but other people, I mean, I sometimes go and I look at their CRM and it's like, yeah, you've never had an index box before. Had right? I, mean, I, just, I know I, I never had an index box. So damn you're old, but I at least had spreadsheets when we, when, when we started in sales. We had spreadsheets. We had we had, had eight and a half by eleven inch yeah. pieces of paper. We had these sheets right. that we spread out. Yeah, it was graph paper. Um, get off my lawn. Did you, have, did you have computers? No, it was typewriters back then. Sorry. IBM Selectric, baby. <laughs> there you go. IBM Selectric with the auto um, correct, so it had it built in that it would erase the previous thing. That was that was pretty oh. cool. Um, hey, I go back to the TRS-80, the Trash-80. Yeah. Um, I, first computer I ever used was before the Mac. So, yeah, I, I'm old. What can I tell you? It's yeah. amazing that I can be this old and, and still be this hip, though, don't you think? I know. It is. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I'm excited about all the stuff I've seen. And, man, there is some, I'll tell you what, there is some sweet, sweet technology that's coming out and I drool. I think if, if I had this stuff when I was selling in the nineties, Oh my God. Um, and it's, I, that's what I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. That's where I think I'm the saddest. I have all these people telling me how hard it is today. Yeah. And I, and no, I go, and you've got, are you kidding? Yeah. Um, so, so be reasonable, focus on your tech stack um, build a roadmap, right? Build a purpose and, you know, the same way. You remember how we used to write content and all of a sudden our content was all over the place and someone said, oh, we'll have an editorial calendar. And we went, editorial calendar? Think in advance. What do I want to create content about? What am I doing this for? You know, that, that, that same thing. Um, be prudent in the tech that you're buying. Don't look at it any differently than how you hire people. And, and, and I think that, um, um, man, Katie bar the door. You know, on another episode, because we're running out of time, I, I think we do talk about is how do you hire a partner um, to help you? Because this is where I do think, and there are certainly some agencies that, 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 that fit what you talked about, Mike. Um, yeah. Because I do think that it's too complicated for most businesses to manage effectively, exclusively on their own. But, but you got to make sure that you're hiring somebody and, and you're utilizing somebody that knows how to implement it and, and apply it, not just sell it. Not just sell it. I think I, I think the not just sell it is a is a big component. Artie, what else did you learn in the last two weeks that got you excited? Ooh, tech, more tech. Um, I'm excited about you know where HubSpot as a company is going, where Marketo as a company is going. Um, you know, I think. You know, that, that's a little bit more selfish. 
Um, but those are the things that, that have got me excited. I am excited because I think Silicon Valley is moving east. Um, and, and I, I got, I mean, I've, I've spent time at HubSpot and, and I'm seeing a rebirth there. Um, what had, I was excited about the tech. I'm more excited about the people there. I met some yeah. really good people and it really looks like they're, they're back to thinking the right way. But I'll tell you what, I also met some really, really good people at Drift. And I think um, in Boston of all places, we have two of the most innovative customer obsessed companies on the planet. And, and about a month from now, so probably about the time this podcast airs, the battle is going to be joined. And I'll tell you what, it is going to be interesting. If you're smart, if you're smart as a customer, you are going to benefit because they are not only going to push each other. Um, they're going to push the sales tech. They're going to push Salesforce. Um, it's going to be a fascinating time. Get your house in order um, and get ready to rock. Love it. 